Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Alcotta back on the fan, 877-337-6666. I knew it was going to be a bad day when the Iron Sheik passed away. Iron Sheik. I mean, come on, there would be no Hulkamania without the Iron Sheik. So, And, you know, you would say sad news, and obviously it's sad news. Anytime you hear uh, the news of somebody passing away, it's sad. But, I mean, the Iron Sheik, he lived till 81. That's great for anybody, but for a wrestler, that's like living till 181. He outlived the majority of wrestlers by like 50 years, for goodness sake, especially from his era. There's a lot of good documentaries out on the Iron Cheek. One that I just watched recently on, um, I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, on uh, A&E, where they do a lot of stuff now with the with wrestling, with the biographies and certain shows or whatever. So I would recommend checking that out. There was also a movie, I think, many years ago, maybe five, ten years ago, something like that, a little bit with the, with the Iron Cheek. So there's a lot to get into there. Fascinating individual and you know had a a a great career as a as a wrestler and of course most famous for losing the championship belt to hulk hogan starting the birth of hulkamania in 1984 but uh sad day with with the iron cheek passing away and you know it's you know it was gonna be a rough day when that happened and it just got worse and worse and worse since then especially if you're a met fan Right, Kevin, who's calling from Hartford, Connecticut. What's up, Kev? Sal, how are you tonight? What's up, Kev? Sal? Yeah. Sal, you know I love you. Mm-hmm. You know I respect you. But? Okay. But for for years, I got my chops broken every time the Yankees got a David Justice or a Jason Giambi or a Kevin Brown or this and that and this and that. And... When Steve Cohen took ownership of the Mets, all I heard was first-class organization, we're going to be the first team, we're going to be the new team in town, this, that, this, and that, this, and that. All I have to say is, no, 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 no. 
I hate to poo-poo on your parade, Sal. Well, what I parade? Really what parade are you talking about? A- any parade from anybody who thought that when Steve Cohen took this team over that well, within well, one to three so years they were going to be the best team in the baseball. No, but nobody said that. No, I'm not saying you said that, Sal. But no, no, nobody. Said that. Well, well, hold on. When Steve Cohen took over, what was the one thing that was going to be guaranteed that people talked about? Um, the one thing that would be guaranteed. Change. No, no, no. Well, yes, number one, sure. But what was going to be a, a noticeable difference with the Mets, the way that they operate once Steve Cohen took over? A first-class organization. No. What's the other thing? Um, Hold on, let me think. Well, what's the one obvious thing with Steve Cohen? What is he? The richest owner in baseball. Correct. So what were they going to do in comparison to years past? What was the number one thing the Mets were going to do differently? Spend money. Correct. And have they done that? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, it's been year three, and they've spent the most money. Now, I'm assuming you're a Yankee fan? No, you know that, Sal. You know I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, I, I didn't. I actually forgot. I was going to use a Mets fan and said you want to talk about the Mets. Yes, I, yes. No, no, no. Right. I'm sorry. Well, I'm I, sorry. I, yes, that, I, yes, I am a Yankee. I, well, I picked that up now. Yes, I, I mean, I got that. But the Mets have spent more money than anybody, including your Yankees. Yes, exactly. But my point being, Sal, is years past, I used to hear a lot from Mets fans when the Yankees bought free agents or they did this via trade or whatever in the Steinbrenner days mm-hmm. that all we did was buy champions. Yeah, but they won. It doesn't and matter. Of, the Yankees no, won. No, 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 no. Wrong. A lot of times it did fail on us. Oh, no, but the Yankees won more than anybody else. I mean, still, yeah, it, may, it fail as far as not getting to the World Series. Look, I said that I believe the Mets will be on that level at some point, hopefully soon. But the Yankees have been the proven commodity. The Yankees have done it for years, year in, year out. They're always in the postseason. The Mets have to get there. Even if the Mets make it to the postseason this year, great. That's two years in a row. How about making it 15 out of 18 years or 20 out of 25 or whatever it's been for the Yankees? That's what they have to get to. Can I share one more thing with you, Sal? A very funny thing to end this Mm -hmm. little conversation. This morning my wife calls me. She says, I have you a Father's Day present for next weekend. Not this weekend, next weekend. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, great. What is it, socks, gloves, something for work? She said, no, I bought you tickets for the Yankees-Red Sox game for you and the kids, me, my son, and my daughter who are 10 and 14. And I was like, oh, beautiful. So I started looking at, you know, giveaway, Yankee Stadium, this and that, this and that, this and that. Then I look at the schedule, wah, wah, wah. The game's at Fenway Park. <laughs> oh. Love you, Sal. See you later. All right, Kev. Good luck to your Yankees. I mean, I don't need to hear from Yankee fans today egging on the Met fan. That's the last thing I need to hear. But I've always said, while I did think there is a new sheriff in town, and there is, make no mistake. See, while we ripped the Mets team this year, this is not a knock on their owner or the future of the organization. It's just a reminder that until proven otherwise, the Mets are still the losers in town. When compared to the Yankees or compared to the Braves, the Mets are the losers in that scenario. That's proven. That's not my words. That's just the facts. But that will change eventually with Steve Cohen. It's just a matter of when. And it's not going to be anytime soon, or at least not this year. Well, last year was a terrific year, and they were on par with those teams. They didn't go as far as the Yankees. They obviously didn't win the division head-to-head with the Braves. But they were on par. What they need to do is sustain success. That's when you're going to know that the Mets have really arrived.
And that is something that's going to take years. Now, if they don't make the playoffs this year, that's an epic disaster. An epic disaster. And then maybe you could call if you're a Yankee fan and gloat about that. Oh, I thought spending the most money was going to get you in the game. Well, then you know what? You'd be right. They screwed up again. But make no mistake, this is a different organization with Steve Cohen running things. There are things that are going on that we're not aware of or we don't see because we're not paying attention to the lower levels of the minor leagues that there's improvement being put in place. There's money being invested in drafting and developing players the right way. Or at least what the Mets to believe the right uh, the Mets believe is the right way. And Billy Epler is somebody who was from the Yankee organization, so he's doing it based on from the guys that he learned, Stick Michael, Brian Cashman, and so on. That's why I said he was the best guy for this particular job. But at the major league level, we need to see some results here. And right now, the results are they built a good team that's soft. And this year, I don't even know if I would call them a good team. They're not any good right now. They're under 500. That can't be good. Even if they were five games over 500, it'd be like, eh, still something's wrong with the Mets. Charlie's calling from New Canaan. What's up, Charles? Hey, Sal. How are you? How are you, Charles? Doing all right, bud. Hey, so here's the, here's my thing. Um, I think that they the Mets need an, uh, an absolute infusion of energy. They're not going to get it from from Buck, as much as I love Buck, and he was fantastic last year. Everything he did last year was right, and most everything he's done this year has been wrong. And, I mean, you look at Vogelback constantly putting him in the lineup when Colin Holderman, I mean, the whole reason is Colin Holderman's pitching to a 2-7 ERA for Pittsburgh. That was the trade for Vogelback. So what what can you do now? I mean, they've killed Vientos' trade value. I mean, I think Vientos was always a trade chip. He was never part of like the ten-year plan, like Alvarez. Right. They've they've killed his trade value. I mean, he was mashing at Triple A, and you could have put him in a package for maybe like a you know a third starter or a two starter. I mean, him and another prospect. He's got no trade value now. I mean, and you did that in favor of playing Daniel Vogelback every day because Vientos. I mean, how do you? Well, get that's why. Of- that's why I think there's some kind of disconnect. Here's the thing, right? Firing Buck, and I will say that there's something. I, I do believe there's something to what you're saying about that energy or just a different feel, change it up a little bit. I have not been happy with what I've seen and heard from Buck this year. However, right. however, he still is no doubt, unquestioned, one of the best managers in the sport. And Absolutely. when you move on from a guy like that, whenever they do, there's going to be a little bit of a loss there. Now, maybe you gain in certain areas. But as far as being an in-game tactician, as far as being smart, as far as not having to worry about any of that stuff, the experience, which I love, those are going to be things that the Knicks... uh, Knicks, I'm watching something on SNY that has the Knicks up there. Those are going to be things that the Mets are going to miss. And and I'm not saying that they need to make that change now. I still believe in Buck Showalter. But there seems to be a disconnect because what Billy Epler has put out there, to your point about Vientos... How could he not be in the lineup? Why is he on the team then? Just to keep the, the fans off their back? Hey, he's raking at tri- hey, triple A. Let's bring him up here only to what? To have him sit? It doesn't make any right. sense. hundred percent. And then you have Buck sitting there saying, Well, you know, we've got to get you know, we've got to get Sam in the lineup. We've got to get Vogelback. We've got to get everybody in the lineup. Why? It's not little league. Everybody doesn't have to play. 
Agreed. And I think that they're you know? doing that too much. And the one guy who's been constant has been Vogelback, so get him out of there. And I would also not have everybody in the lineup. If Canna is, you know, you, you, you can see Canna once a week or twice a week. Let Tommy Pham play the majority of the time. They, how about go get somebody? Go find somebody off the scrap heap that might be able to contribute better than the guys that you've right. got. But those guys can be the late-inning defensive replacements. I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you, you could put them late in the game. Who? Who you talking about? Canna? Canna and Sam. They could be late-inning defensive replacements. Well, no, Sam, one of those guys has to be in the lineup. Or, I mean, you want to make one of the guys, you cut him and then make another guy uh, a bench player? Well, then you have to get some a real player in here then. So, Well, you're also going to have Tim LaCastro, who's going to be healthy, and God knows what, you know, what are they going to do with him, you know, in, in a couple of weeks or whenever he's healthy again. And, you know, to your point about the about the batting order. Well, LaCastro's terrible, think- though, anyway. He's not, he's not a real player. He's a yeah, last guy. But he's fast. Okay, so so what does that mean? He's fast. So he's he's got to be on the roster as a kind of the late inning pinch runner. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put him on the roster. Well, put it this way: I'd rather have him than Daniel Vogel back on the roster. But I don't. Yep. The, 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 when you're talking about what we're talking about, Charles is is insignificant. And thank you for the call. Insignificant pieces here. Now, when you start to add them up, two or three of these guys, that's how it becomes a significant change. When you're talking about one, like Vogelback or LaCastro, it's insignificant. I mean, the idea that we would even bring up the name Tim LaCastro at this point is ridiculous. I would, you know, I like Beatty, but he's not he's not doing anything. I, I mean, I think all options got to be on the table here for the Mets. They need a major shakeup. I like what Fleegs was talking about before, changing that lineup up a little bit, whether it's Lindor going down, whether it is Marte going up whether it's Alvarez going up. I mean, it just, the Mets, and this is, I'm assuming on Buck, until I hear differently, the, he's he's making major mistakes with this lineup regularly. Alvarez should not be hitting ninth, and he should be in the lineup every single day. Catcher or DH, he's got to be in the lineup every single day. It just makes no sense otherwise. And if he doesn't have him in the lineup every day, he's lost. Now, that's coming from me, Mary Buckmas, and I love him more than anybody. Before they made that hire, if he doesn't have Francisco Alvarez in the lineup every single day, either at catcher or at DH, he is lost. And if Daniel Vogelback is in the lineup ever again, he's also lost. I don't want to hear about what he did, what you think he could do. Let's focus on what is. He sucks. He always has. He always will. He's not a good baseball player. Even if Vogelback starts to produce to the level where he did a little bit last year, it's still not good enough. Dave is calling from Queens. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's going on? Uh, when Steinbrenner uh, bought the Yankees, it took him a few years before he won a championship. And then um, the uh, first time they won the World Series with Steinbrenner, they got swept by the uh, Cincinnati Reds. So it takes time. Agreed. And Cohen, and Cohen's going to learn from his mistakes. And I know he's puking right now behind the scenes. You know, in front of the cameras, he's going to try to be cool, calm, and you know, collective about, you know, the season's still early, with this team's going to turn around. But behind closed doors, he's got to be puking for the money he's spent and the results he's got. Yeah, and, and do you know why? Game. Do you know why? Because he owns the team. They are right. a representation right. of him. He's right. not. A, he's not a loser. He doesn't but, lose. But listen, he's gonna he's gonna find his way. And like you said, behind the scenes, they're they're trying to make the uh, the minor league system and find you know mm-hmm. develop young players. It's gonna take a few years. Well, we you know get these young players from around the, uh, the world wherever we find them, mm-hmm. and 
and it's going to take time to get our system up and running so we can get the the white good and strawberry darlings that we got in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take time. And Cohen's going to find his way. And, you know, of course, Yankee fans are going to call it, aha, you spent well, all Well, whatever. The I, you can't worry about that. Yeah. That's, it doesn't matter. Man, I mean, I, it's annoying. It, listen, as a Mets fan, it's annoying. Well, look, if anybody knows about spending money and losing, it's the Yankees. I mean, yeah. they have mastered that class for many years. So Sure, sure they have. Listen, right. I... I'm one of the Mets fans that cheered Boston when they came back and uh, beat the Yankees after being down 3-0. You know? so, oh, I get uh, it. Anyway. I, I get it. But you, you look, it's two different things. The state of the Mets organization and franchise moving forward is in great hands, the best yeah, hands yeah. with Steve Cohen. So it's totally different than right. complaints that we would have you know, three, four, or five years ago, whatever it is now. But right now for this season, this team, the players aren't good enough. Right, right. That's Listen, the I look at it like this. Cohen is going to learn. He's got the money. We have – most Mets fans are happy he's here. He's a billionaire. He's going to find his way. He's going to get the – he's going to uh, make the right moves eventually. He's going to happen. He's going to redevelop. It's going to take time. This year's a wash. We know that this team ain't going nowhere. It's going to take time. So I'm upset, but I'm not really upset because I know we're in good hands. We're not dealing with the previous regime who you used to go, oh, my God. Right. Well, they sell the team. Right. We're praying for them to sell the team. They finally did. We got the right on. It's going to take time. I'm, I'm pissed that this season is going to be a wash, but I'm hopeful for the future. And hopefully in the next four or five years, we're going to see a big difference. And the, the one thing is, and good call, Dave. Thank you for taking the time to, to give us a call. The one Thing is that you have to remember that's even more frustrating is that they lose again to the Braves. If this were just losing another series to the Pirates or the Cardinals or the Cubs or the Rockies or whatever, it'd be annoying. You know, the Mets have lost five straight. Uh Uh-oh, panic. But the fact that this is essentially a playoff series. I know it sounds nuts and people maybe want to diminish it or just dismiss the idea. Oh, no, it's one of 162. There's still 100 games left. Yeah, that's great. You're fooling yourself if you don't think these are more important games. They are more important games. And the Mets have shown the Braves their best shot right now. I wouldn't say that. The last time they met back at City Field, the Mets this series have given the Braves their best shot. And the Braves got them twice so far and are about to sweep the Mets away and send them to nine games back in the loss column. Which would be, I would uh, believe, a bigger deficit at this point in the season than the Braves were facing last year with the Mets at this point in the season. Because it was a 10-game deficit for Atlanta uh, on, I want to say, May 31st or June 1st or whatever it was. So then you fast forward that. The Braves only got better from then and closed the gap. And even though it went way down and then came back up a little bit, I don't think it ever got as high as 9 or 10. And here we are now on June 8th. The Mets are going to be looking at, if they get swept, a you know eight-and-a-half game deficit, nine in the loss column. That's a problem. Joshua is calling from Utah. What's up, Josh? Hey, Sal. I'm a big Braves fan, and I'm kind of got turned on to what you got, what you do up there uh, via all the mess from last year. Sure. Um, the NLU's is over. Um, and I've been listening on and off for the, for the past little bit, mainly when we play the Mets, because, you know, that's when it's enjoyable. Sure. Listen. Of course. Um, but I just wanted to say, well, I, I have a question. I have a question too, but first I just wanted to say you, your pat the passion of you and a lot of the callers for this Mets team, makes me really sad for you guys. I, <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase it, but like, 
for the first time in 2021, my team actually won something because they'd always never made it, and they actually finally won. Oh, you don't remember 95? Oh, I wasn't alive in Oh, oh wow. You're a young Braves I'm fan. Young. Oh, yeah. I'm young. How'd you become a but, Braves uh, fan? Um, my family's been Braves fans. Just grew up in Atlanta and just been mm, okay. always been Braves fans. But it's been – but <clears throat> and I hope someday you have that. Uh, hopefully not with the Mets, but with another team <laughs> that you care for, like the Jets or something. Um, but again, this is the passion of you guys is, is awesome. I wish you guys, like your fans, the fans, I, I honestly feel bad for the fans. Well, that's right what now. makes, that's what makes this town the best. And that's, what's frustrating. And you can hear it. I'm sure on my voice where it is very frustrating to me to see teams, you know, that whether it's the Miami heat or the Florida Panthers or the Tampa Bay lighting or the Atlanta Braves, where you have teams and it's, not just them, other teams obviously around the country, that aren't anywhere near as passionate as we are here in New York, but those fan bases enjoy great success, and we don't have it. With all the teams we have here, we continue to lose. Yeah, it's it's an enigma. I, I don't have the answer, and if I did have the answer, I'd probably buy the Mets, but <laughs> I don't have that. Um, so, But the question I had, um, I was as I was watching the game today, I was just kind of paying attention to the energy in the dugouts. And it just seemed like this, the Braves had this different energy. Um, and like there was actually energy in life. I mean, that's, that mean, but like even when they were down, I st- still felt like there was energy in their dugout. You, what is your like theory as to why some teams, cause this is, well, uh, I believe the Braves, run. the Braves have confidence knowing that they own the Mets. They got the better of the Mets last yeah. year. They embarrassed the Mets last year. And again, they feel confident they're going to do it again this year. They know they're a better team. That's the energy. The Braves are cocky. They're confident. They have that swagger, whatever you want to call it. The Mets don't. Hmm. I, yeah, I just noticed that stand. I was just like, wow, there's a real dichotomy there. So I was just curious if there was something else that, I don't know if it came down to management or what, but it's just, and Buck and Snit aren't really that different, I feel like. But, you know, it's just the way it is, I guess. No, I think Buck is a better manager. Thank you for the call, Joshua. I appreciate you listening and appreciate checking in. I think Buck's a better manager than Snitker, but, I mean, Snitker's obviously won a World Series, which is something Buck doesn't have. But I don't think that energy comes from either of those guys. I think it comes from the individual players. The Braves have a better team, and they know it. The Braves are better, and they know it. And you know what's the worst part of that? The Mets know it, too. And that's why when I said what I said prior to game one of this series, where the Mets need to show that they belong, not for you, not for me, for themselves. They need to prove it to themselves that they could beat this team. Which is why I think that last year does impact them in a negative way. What happened last year, rolling over this year. They know what happened. The Mets got embarrassed. They got beat. They had that division stolen from them. Think about this. The Mets won 101 games. Second highest win total in franchise history. And they never had a champagne celebration. Not a one. Well, you have teams that win a lot less games than the Mets did, and they celebrate. They celebrate their division win, or they celebrate their postseason berth, or they celebrate winning a series in the postseason. The Mets didn't have any of that last year. And that's because the Atlanta Braves swept them at the end of the year. The Mets, that division was theirs to lose, and they lost it. And it stuck with them. 
I, you cannot convince me otherwise. It is stuck with it. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Mets lose again in Atlanta. What else is new? Doesn't matter what ballpark is built, where they put it down there. Any home of the Braves is not friendly to the Mets. Maybe one day, I don't know if I'm going to be around to see that. Who the hell knows what the way the world is going now? I don't know if I want to be. No, but who knows if I'll be around to see it the day that the Mets actually dominate the Braves. Will there be a time, you know, 25 years from now where we look back and say, wow, the Mets have owned this decade against the Braves. Even going down in there to Truist Park or whatever it's called or if they have a new one in a few years. And the Mets actually win games down there regularly. Wouldn't that be something? Right now it seems unfathomable. Embarrassing. 877-337-6666. John is calling from Little Neck. What's up, John? Hey, man. How you doing? Good, John. How are you? Good. I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm not a, I'm not a Met hater. I have a lot of friends that are Met fans. Mm. And I just wanted to point something out. Um, Gary Sanchez in 11 Major League games, four home runs. Vogel back, two. I think Alvarez has eight over like 39 games. So... You know, the question that I have, because I, I couldn't believe when they DFA'd him. Uh, so they paid him, I don't know, a million bucks or something to basically have him for a week. I think it shows a sign that the Mets analytics department is not really valuing the DH position. Because there had to be room on that Mets bench to have a little faith that Gary Sanchez was going to have pop. I think their, I think their mistake was that they wanted Sanchez to be a backup catcher. They didn't really give him, I don't think they gave him a fair chance, and then the pitchers didn't want to throw to him. They didn't like you know, having Sanchez behind the plate at all. Uh, I would have no issue. I think the Mets mishandled him thinking what he was. He, they should have just made him exclusively a designated hitter, not a, that's de- what, not a catcher. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I think the problem is. I, I, fear that, I fear for the Mets that that might be coming from Buck. And maybe Buck's just a little too old school. And, like, I understand that, you know, you've got Narvaez is a great catcher. Maybe he doesn't have the, the power that Sanchez does. And, you know, the new kid's great, sure. But who was looking at that bench when they're looking at, at Sanchez? Even if you look at last year, on like an off year. He had 16 home runs. Their two catchers last year combined hit for half of that. Right. So I didn't understand, and I thought they would move on from Gary Sanchez. I didn't think he was any good. But I don't understand the way that they handled it because why not give him an opportunity to be a DH? And you could say the same thing. And thanks for the call, John. I know Sanchez is having some success now uh, with San Diego. But and I don't, look, again, I think it's insignificant. But it is odd that the Mets would bring him up here, pay him the million dollars, and then give him a week. I also thought it was odd that they would have him as a backup catcher. And that is where you know, the Mets just do stupid things. 
That's where the idea came from of the Mets eventually thinking about sending Francisco Alvarez down because they believed in Sanchez offensively. They knew Norvaez was going to come back, and they're thinking, all right, well, we could send Alvarez down and still be able to keep these guys. Think of how stupid that is. But I really do think that that was a factor in the Gary Sanchez thing. And then once they realize, uh-oh, we can't send Alvarez down. There'd be a mutiny here. Oh, and by the way, maybe he's actually our best option, so maybe we should keep him here. And I do think the pitchers didn't like throwing at uh, Sanchez, and that's why Sanchez is gone. But as far as a DH bat, look at the Mets' bats that they have there. And it's Vogelback is the problem. He's taking up a roster spot. Now, Sanchez would be the same thing. He has no position, can't play the field, although he could catch if you needed him to an emergency. Uh, or, you know, whatever, or in a backup role. But Sanchez at least would provide more offense than Daniel Vogelback. At least that's what it seems. But the Mets didn't see it that way. Chris is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Coming to you via Los Angeles. I haven't had a chance to call as much. But, man, Sal, I'm pretty disheartened, you know. What are you doing out there? I'm working on a, on a film, so I'm out here for a couple weeks. So I'm Ooh, doing my best. To- what film can you say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on a film called Tin Soldier, and it's got Robert De Niro and Jamie Foxx in the lead. Have you seen either of them yet, or met either of them yet? Well, uh, yes, both. And uh, unfortunately, Jamie Foxx, something happened. There's some medical condition going on. But I, I work in music. I do music for films. So wasn't that wasn't that before? So wait, he had that happen a couple of weeks ago, right, Jamie Foxx? Yeah, yeah. He was he was on another film when when he had the complications and. Uh, whatever he had, so that nothing to do. But uh, this film was shot a year ago, but I do music for film, and that's done in post-production. That's why I'm oh, looking Oh, so the film is done, but now you're doing the yeah. music. Is, and is, can yeah. Jamie Foxx, can he, like, sing currently, or is he not, uh, he's, he's still in bad shape? From what we know, we don't know that much more than anyone else knows, quite frankly. So we have to, like, you know, plan to work on the film without... Lots of times you bring in the actors afterwards to do some additional stuff, so we can't really so rely on that. Obviously, what what music do you do, and have you done like give me something that maybe I would know? Or what other movies? Oh well, <laughs> thanks, Sal. Um, I did a film called The Infiltrator that Brian Cranston was in a couple years ago, and I did a film that John Leguizamo directed called Critical Thinking. I do indies. I do some documentaries. I compose all the, the music, the score, the instrumental music in film. That's what I do. So you compose that. Does that mean that you, excuse my ignorance, do you play it no, or you just write it? How does yeah, that well, well, many times. I mean, all the stuff now starts in the computer, the digital renditions, and then depending on the budget, I will add musicians, you know, depending on the scope and what type of music cool. is required. And you have to travel to yeah. LA for that regularly? Yeah, usually a couple times a year, depending on where the production is based. In this case, this is a big enough film and the director's out here, so I needed to kind of camp out over here for a couple weeks. That's pretty cool, man. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I love what I do. I'm doing music my whole life. It, it, it's got its challenges, and it's a political business and a lot of pressure. But anyway, so I, I escaped the, uh, the the air of New York, so I guess that was good for Yeah, a lucky days, you. Whatever. I know. I wish I was getting yeah, the hell out of here yeah. these, these few, you know couple exactly. days here. So, sounding on the Mets, when you were talking with, with uh, Fleegs, you know, if you look at the lineup, I have something to say about Cohen, too, after. If you look at the lineup, honestly, everybody with the exception of Nimmo and Alonzo are underperforming, and some drastically. And but that's, just, that's just the facts right there. And, you know, and there's holes in each one of the, the offense, starting pitching, and the bullpen. And it's just, it's really hard. And I think you're, you're right in the sense that I don't know if they fully recovered from that 
from what happened that, that tanking out the end of last year. It seems like they just out of the gate. They almost were in the same sense of like, we're not good enough. That's weird. Yeah. But you know, sound. Oh, good. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing though. I, I think that as a fan, like we need to hear something from Cohen, like, cause the thing that he connected so deeply as cause he's a fan. And as much as he's a billionaire, none of us are necessarily in that uh, echelon. We connected with that, that that level of fandom he is, and I and I think we need to hear, we need to need to blast the team, but I we need to hear from him now. Like I just feel like he's kind of like being really silent. I think it would go a long way for him to like put some statements out there. To, yeah, like, uh, we, we were talking about it. I was talking about this with JJ at uh, at SNY where he referenced you know we need one of those missives that. You know, George Steinbrenner used to fire out there where Mike and the dog uh, would play the missive. Man, I love nothing more than that. The Mets need, we need a little tweet from Steve Cohen. And they they need some kind of something to figure yeah, cause, out the, the, pa- where he's at. Yeah, because passion, is frustration is passion, good times. I mean, it's all related. So I just feel like, it's, I mean, he's being tested here now too. So he doesn't have to like eviscerate these players, but I think there's a way to do it that reiterates that connection to the fans and the passion to want to win. So right. I hope and, you hear something. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Chris, and good luck out there in L.A. We appreciate you taking the time to give us a call. I'd love to hear something from him. You want, as a fan, to uh, of whatever team it is, and that's why I thought it was the greatest thing with the Yankees where Steinbrenner would give that missive. And then we were taking it a step further. We were having this conversation with Eamon, McEnany, and, and J.J., as, as I said, at SNY a few hours ago. The imagine if Steinbrenner were on Twitter. Oh my God! He, how many managers would he hire and fire on Twitter in the you know the span of a game? I've just fired Lou Pinella. All right, I've rehired him for the fifth inning. Like think about that, where you can react instantly on Twitter. Send this message to Pinella. You you react instantly. Steinbrenner would flip out. It would be great entertainment as he was great entertainment anyway. But those missives were one of my favorite things about Mike and the Mad Dog Show. We are we are in need of a Steve Cohen missive. Or tweet, you know, Cohen has taken to Twitter. But you know what he's going to say. He can't say what he's really thinking. I mean, I guess he could say that. He's the owner. He can say whatever he wants. He's not going to. He has shown patience, discipline, and understanding as he's still learning here. Now, maybe at some point that boils over, and instead of seeing understanding or patience, you see frustration. That's what's really in there. Eventually it comes out. I expect the team to be better than this. I trust and hope that they will pick it up. I believe Buck is the right guy to lead this thing, but we need to start seeing the results. That's the kind of thing that we need. I want to have somebody and who better than King Cohen? Somebody put the pressure on this team. Hold them accountable and let them know this isn't good enough. Not oh we're a good team. Yeah, you're getting paid a lot of money. Oh, it's a good team. It's okay. You know, we lost you know, whatever will be all right. No. It's not okay. Gary is calling from Mayapack. What's up, Gary? What's going on, Gary? Hey, this this mess is being laid at the feet of of Epla, Billy Epler from last year at the trade deadline through this year with the team that he put together 
If you look at last year with the trade deadline, you know, there's a wealth of relievers out there. He gave us Gibbons. He made a Dejoli Rodriguez trade. And I remember when you were off, I had the conversation with Leagues. He's like, the bullpen didn't lose that many games. They did lose a few games. It was like six to eight games that they lost. That was the difference between us winning the division and not. This year, his pitching staff, he put together like a 40 and over softball league. You know, Singh is 30 years old. Carrasco's 36 years old. Uh, Scherz is 38. Berland is 40. And the two guys we have in their 20s, unfortunately, both stink in Gill and Peterson when he put them in there. Mm. Unfortunately, we got Scherzer at the end of his career. I don't remember him winning one big game for us in the years that he's been with us. He's a five-inning pitcher, as is Carrasco. You know, Berlander seems to still have a little more left in the tank. You know, he'll give you more innings. He, I think he had over 110 pitches the other night. Singer, I don't know what he is yet, but this is the pitching staff he gave us. Um, it's really, really sick. His bullpen, you know, losing Diaz was a lot bigger than anyone could have imagined. Well, I mean, Rob- we, th- we knew it was going to be bad, Gary. I mean, it was uh, that's one of the worst losses that the Mets could have suffered losing Edwin Diaz for the entire year. The absolute worst, no doubt about Only Pete. And I, I, I think it's even worse than losing Lindor. I don't think Lindor would have been that big. Nah, although we don't have- it would have been bad, but Lindor's not doing anything now anyway. Right, right. But then when you have an old pitching staff, like I just mentioned, this bullpen, Robinson, Adovino, I can't stomach him. I cannot stomach Agreed. him. Agreed. Smith. I didn't, about this way. I didn't like Adovino. I've never liked Drew Smith. I didn't like Adovino last year when he was actually good, so I certainly won't like him now when he's being himself. Nor did I. I felt he always floats one, yep. one or two over the plate that are taken deep. Plus but again, he can't Robinson, hold runners on. Like, I can't stand that. Guys got to do the little yeah. things right. Those are things that, especially now, with the way the game has evolved. How, is, how embarrassing was it that the guy steals second and then steals third on the next pitch like Little League, you know, without a Vino mm-hmm. after, you know, in that last inning in the eighth, in the bottom yeah. of the eighth. But anyway, again, the, the, the bullpen, Negoshik, Leon, Hunter, Rayleigh, Bigham, and Smith, Atavino Robinson. Horrible bullpen when you don't have a pitching staff that can give you a length. And if I could just make one point on the lineup, I would do something drastic, Sal. I would lead Lindor off. I would bat nimble last and go with the double leadoff hitter again. And then in the middle of the lineup, you could put maybe McNeil second, Marty third, Pete. I agree with you with Alvarez five. Let Tommy Pham play Beatty and then Vientos. And leave the lineup like that for a little while. Right. Whatever line. I agree with you, Gary. Good stuff there, as always. Thank you for taking the time to call. Whatever lineup. They decide to go with after they make the change. Now, look, we're this is all we're hoping that this is the case. I don't know if the men. We may look at the lineup later on tonight. It might be the same thing. Vogel back in there again. Here we go. They need to make some changes. They need to cut some of these guys here. They need to clean the team up. As I said last week or a couple weeks ago, trim the fat here, clean this thing up, set a new lineup, and stick with it. Leave it there. Leave it there for a week. Can you do that? Maybe it's having Alvarez at DH, Norvaez, whatever. Norvaez or Alvarez, just both in the lineup. 
Whoever catches, whoever DHs, I don't really care. Get them both in the lineup. Maybe it's as simple as that. Fam is the left fielder for the time being. And then move that order around. I'm fine with you want to hit Lindor leadoff. I'm fine if you want to move Nimmo down. I'm fine if you want to move McNeil down. Alvarez up. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Mets, Mets, and more Mets. Why not? Because they're a disaster right now, losing five straight again, getting embarrassed by the Braves. Although, if you want to call and talk about the Yankees, I'm here for you. 877-337-6666. How concerned are you about Aaron Judge and that great big toe or whatever they call it? I always thought it was a big toe. They're calling it a great toe with the contusion, with the ligament issues. We'll see how severe... Uh, you know, that injury is going to be with Judge. Yankees will resume play after getting postponed yesterday due to the smoke. They will have a double dip, single admission double dip, starting at 4 o'clock. So Yankees will try to win this series from the White Sox before they in the weekend, taking on the Red Sox. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Fan 877-337-6666. What? Nobody wants to talk about the Iron Sheik? Polkamania? Remember the Sheik? No, it's all Mets. Unfortunately, the Mets, much like the Iron Sheik, losing again to the Braves. Although, in this particular case, <laughs> please. Although, in this particular case, Iron Sheik was the champion, uh, which the Mets have not been since 1986, of course. So, it doesn't really work. But anyway, uh, sad to hear the news of Iron Sheik passing away yesterday. And sad to watch the Mets lose another game to the Braves. 877-337-6666. Hector is in Washington Heights. What's up, Hector? Sal, what's going on, Sal? Good morning, Hector. How are you? Disgusted. Yeah, it's... Am I, you, you, am the, I still the team too you, negative, Sal? The team you root for is terrible. Am I still too negative? No, you're always positive. You think I was being too negative when I fought you last year when they got Mark Canna? You told me how this guy was a professional and he was an upgrade over, over um, Conforto, and I hated that. And I went, I looked at the numbers, I said, what kind of upgrade is this? This guy's garbage. 
but no. Then they got Vogel back in rough, and I hated that nonsense. And I said, how are you going to get guys that you need to find these specific spots for them to be successful in? And then they're not successful because you're asking them to be perfect, a little pinch hitting spot, a little when you carve out a DH spot for him, then what's going to happen? And here we are, both those guys, garbage. Um, I was told Steve Cohen's money was going to solve everything, Hector. No problem. Not by you, but by everybody. Steve Cohen's money is going to solve everything. No problem. Don't worry about it. You can fix it. We got a $300 plus million dollar payroll, which I don't really care about. I don't care about but it's the facts. And we're garbage. Um, this is disgusting. And it's so, embarrassing. How... Isn't it embarrassing when they continue to get hit over the head by the same freaking team with the Braves? Like, it's one thing if you lose to bad yeah, teams. Not only that. So I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what Peter Lazo says. I don't want to hear that Charlie Moore apologize. When Peter Lazo got hit today, the fact that nobody came out of that dugout and tried to charge that mound was embarrassing. The fact that nobody on Atlanta got drilled or even at so much had to step back because it was a pitch close to them is embarrassing. It. Th- this team has no fight. And I know it sounds crazy because, you know, they go up for one and other things to leave. Yeah, they tie it, whatever. Oh, they're fighting back. Nonsense. 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 This team is too okay with moving on to the next day until they run out of days. And there is no way. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not one that I want Steve Cohen to step in and do this, do that, because I don't need my owner to be meddling, right? I want my owner to provide the resources and have the right people in place to get the job done. But we don't have the right people in place. I'm sorry. I was with you with the Murray Buckman stuff. I'm even starting to question Buck. I have absolutely no faith in that. None whatsoever. And that is terrifying. Because I don't want to give up on this season. But I don't trust this guy to make any moves. No, this season's over. Say it with me. This season for the Mets is over. Oh, no, it's over. Come on, say it. Just say it with me. It feels no, no, good. No, no. It feels good no, to say. Say the Mets are done. I'm not in the to play games. I'm not in the mood to play games. So, something needs to happen. And it's not just Vogel back needs to get DFA'd. Drew Smith, gone, too. Agreed. You. I told you I would trade Adam Adovino two weeks ago. I hate Adovino. Get I, him out of here. another guy. Thanks for reminding me. I hated him, too. And I was told I was nuts. And, yeah, you know, he kind of won me over a little bit last year. But I could never start stand out of Stinko with his one pitch that, listen, but. Yeah, he throws a Frisbee up there. The left-handers knock out of the park I, left and right. I almost, I almost want to say that we need to wake up to Billy Epler being fired. But I know that's ridiculous, right? But I can tell you, I don't trust him to do well, anything. Well, yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, obviously. But. And I got to give Fleeks credit because I was thinking the same thing. Steve Cohen is in a bind right now. He cannot make that move. It's bad enough that nobody wanted to come to take the job partly for that reason because they didn't want to be under that pressure. And they, nobody, people didn't know if they could trust this guy coming in as a new owner and if he was going to be volatile or not because of his reputation. So he's stuck with this dude. And we're stuck with him. Well, he's not, I mean, I'm you're not going to fire. You're not going to fire a general manager. You here's the thing. It, it's crazy talk. You're not going to fire a general manager coming off a hundred win, a hundred and one win season in year two, halfway through the year. Like they're not going to fire Billy Epler. It's just not going to happen. 
It's going to take years. Now, do you remember when I was telling you I didn't care about being Dodgers East? I didn't care about – I want the Mets to be the best version of the New York Mets. But everybody wanted to be like the Dodgers. Everybody wanted to be like this team and that team. No, you can take stuff from each team. You do that. You learn from others. Absolutely. But be the best version of the New York Mets. But for those people that want the Dodgers East, that's what we're getting. Because when the Dodgers first went for it with all the money and made all them stupid moves, it didn't work. Right, but maybe you have to struggle for a few years, and then it's going to be sustained. How many years have we been struggle for? I'm 47 years old. Yeah. It's been nothing but struggles since I was like 15. I get it. I'm just saying you're going to have to suffer a few years. And by the way, suffering and, ma- and winning 101 games and making the postseason for that franchise is great. And they still no. might make, they still should make the postseason this year. But as far as them winning a World Series or as far as them being as good or on par with the Braves or the upper echelon teams, they're not. It's just the facts. So I don't know how much more I can take of this. You were there. You were there last year when we lost. You know how heartbreaking I was. I'm not the only one. All of us are best fans. Mm. But I don't know how to get over it. It took you all winter trying to convince me, trying to get me to get over this nonsense. And I've been trying to be as positive as possible, even though I don't believe in most of the garbage that these guys have put together. And this is how they're going to repay me? It's like a relationship where... Oh, no, it's an abusive relationship. You you try to give them a chance, or whatever it is, you try to give the relationship a chance, and the same crap keeps happening. Oh, no, see, see. I don't know how much longer I can do this. That's where we differ. That's where we differ there, Hector, and thank you for the call. I mean, if you get cheated on, you got to be out. I mean, I don't care, guy, girl, whatever. If you get cheated on, you got to end that thing. In sports, we sign up for an abusive relationship. You know going in. You're going to be abused as a fan. Now, unfortunately for some teams, the abuse is worse. And if you're a Mets fan, in comparison to, say, a Yankees fan, you've suffered much more abuse as a Mets fan. That's, but that's part of it. Now, you're allowed to leave whenever you'd like, technically, but that's not how fandom works. That's not something you just give up. That's something that's with you forever, like it or not. That'll always be there, even if it's just a little bit. Even if you're like, ah, I don't care anymore as much as I used to, but then the team gets good, they suck you in, and then you do start to care. And then you get hurt all over again. It is an abusive relationship. The Wilpon error was more like cheating because every time like we knew they weren't going to do what they needed to do to try to win, we still came back, we got hooked, and then they, they did it to us again. They cheated on us again. This is something kind of different. I don't know exactly how to label it yet, but this is different. This is a different kind of pain. Yeah, I just think in general, like, you know, you think about how many years you invest in endless sports teams, however many teams you root for, how many years you invest in that that are losing years. Like, you know, going in, if you get one championship of the four teams you root for in a 20-year span, you'd probably sign for that. And that's absurd. Think of all the losing that comes with that. There may be a good season here or there, but that's a lot of losing. You know, sports fans, it's it's mostly misery, and especially with this team. Now, this is going to be the best era of Mets baseball. Right now, 
even with all that we've said tonight for the first couple hours of the show, and I can't believe we have three more hours left, even what we've said throughout the first couple hours of the show, today, June 8th, right now as I stand here, we're in the midst of the best run in the history of this franchise. Last year was the beginning. This is a franchise that, again, has only made the postseason in consecutive seasons twice in their history. 99 and 2000, 15 and 16. That's it. So we should be still in the beginning, the middle, whatever, of sustained success. But it still hurts. And it hurts even more when you have a series that is going to be, a, in my words, a season-defining series. And the Braves take it to you just like they did a year ago. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.